This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan, the fitness man. Bring it on. Jason Phelps again. Phelps Game Calls. We're going to dive deep into his journey of trying to kill the fat kid. That's right, I said that. He uh, he struggles with uh, just being a big bone kid, and he's found the keto diet. I want to talk to him uh, again. This time, we're going to dive a lot deeper into the science in case some of you guys are considering trying this. His ups and downs with the keto during elk hunting season as well as uh, through the holidays, a little bit of weight gain, getting back on track. You know, this thing called life where it's hard. We're going to go down that road and, and, and find out more information that some of you are going to find extremely valuable. We're also going to talk a little bit about what he does for workouts, his elk plans during elk application season, and just check in with Jason because really he's on a journey that many of you are on and I think it's very relatable and we can kind of dive into some of that good information. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, dedication, delayed gratification, hard work and staying accountable to yourself. It's also brought to you by Elk 101. In fact, here's Corey Jacobson with a special promo for you Elk Shape listeners. Hey Elk Hunters, Corey Jacobson here from Elk101.com. And if you're like me, you're probably thinking about elk hunting every day of the year and working continually to maximize your chances for success this fall. Well, Dan and I have created a special opportunity for you that I feel will absolutely take you to the next level in elk hunting, regardless of your previous experience. Three years ago, I created the University of Elk Hunting online course with one goal in mind, to make you a more successful elk hunter. The UEH online course contains 45 chapters of detailed elk hunting information organized into 17 modules and covering every imaginable elk hunting topic, from planning and scouting to calling tactics and tracking and every topic in between. The University of Elk Hunting online course is the most comprehensive and complete resource available to elk hunters. And for listeners of the Elk Shape podcast, Dan and I have teamed up to offer you a 20% discount when you sign up. 
Simply go to elk101.com, click the link to the online course, and use the code ELKSHAPE, all one word, when you check out. You owe it to yourself to invest in the single most lethal weapon that you take to the elk woods each fall. Invest in you. Sign up for the University of Elk Hunting online course and elevate your elk hunting success today. All right, guys, for those that haven't tried the University of Elk Hunting, there's your opportunity to do something extra special this offseason. Give it a go. Uh, invest in yourself. That's a very comprehensive program, and it's a good supplement to some of your offseason training and nutrition and scouting and applying. And, you know, we live and breathe elk hunting, so that just makes total sense to have Corey and Elk 101 and the University of Elk Hunting as a partner in this podcast. So if you guys want to support the cast, you know, go to elkshape.com, check out the shop, check out my free workouts. I just journal my workouts there. Uh, you can find the podcast there and articles. Check out the YouTube channel. We're always pumping out videos in there that are have everything to do with technical archery, training, nutrition, uh, gear reviews, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Elkshape. You can find us on the Facebooks. And the Elk Shape Camp is coming up soon for the first one. We are going to announce the dates for the second one in 2019. And if you are listening and you live somewhere where we can have a gym and we can have a place to shoot, I will take Elk Shape to your town in 2020. Goal is to do somewhere between six and eight camps in 2020 and take this thing on the road. Teach everybody all about the nutrition and biometrics as well as training garage gym style, functional training that will make you a better elk hunter, teaching you how to call elk hands-on with diaphragm, reeds, bugle tubes, go over backpacking systems, go over your archery technique, shooting under duress, uphill, downhill, side hill, uh, shooting with the backpack on, third axis, technique on all those kind of things and Q&A on elk hunting in person and just fuel the fire for elk hunting, which is burning inside of all of us. So I can't thank you guys enough. We do this podcast because it's cool. It needs to stay free. We're not going to charge you for this podcast, but we do appreciate you supporting our par- our partners, and uh, we appreciate that uh, you continue to bust your hump. Give the old hashtag elk shape in some of your socials so I can see what you're up to, and uh, keep hustling in the name of better elk hunting. Here is Jason Phelps. Elk Shape Podcast, me, Dan, the fitness man, tonight, bringing back on a guest. That's right. This is our first repeat guest, but uh, none other Jason Phelps. What's up, dude? How are you? Good, good. Uh, getting ready for the shows, uh, trying to trying to get back in shape. Fell off the wagon there a little bit, November, December, so I'm um, hitting it hard again uh, in the gym and then trying to get the diet back in line and uh, where we were cranking last year. Okay. Well, let's go right into questions. What did you weigh? Right before elk season started, what did you weigh after elk season? What did you weigh when you fell off the wagon at your worst? Kind of give us that fluctuations. Uh, Yeah, so I'll I'll even wind it back a little bit further. When we got home from the Western Hunt Expo last year, uh, got on the scale, and it was almost 300. And I mean, that's it's a big number, but I'm you know, I'm a fairly big guy anyway, six foot four. You know, been been fairly big uh, my whole life. I'm like, man, that's just a huge number. <laughs> um, you know, worked my butt off in the gym. Um, did the keto slash carnivore back to keto diet uh, last year. Dropped in and came into hunting season pretty much right at like 238 to 240. Um, you know, uh, fluctuating a couple pounds in there and went into hunting season. Um, at that came out, I did weigh myself after the first 10 days, I was down to 235. Um, so I'd only lost uh, three pounds on the, the Colorado leg. 
uh, of our project. And then when I got home, I was down to 232. So after 25 days in the mountains, I'd only lost uh, you know anywhere between six and eight pounds. You know, wanted to go back to normal food. The holidays kind of get you. Everybody's bringing you know good food to work, and there's good food around the house all the time. And uh, you know, had a had a few few beers here and there and uh, got back up just from two months of, of uh, not eating very well got back up to 260 so i gained uh, close to 20 25 pounds back um just flat stopped going to the gym when i got back and and there were hunts going on as well you know i still had deer hunts um some muzzleloader hunts just you know paid no attention to my health for two months and um you know Christmas rolled around and I'm like, dang, I gotta, I need to refocus. And so, uh, I think two days after Christmas, I uh, jumped back on the keto wagon slash carnivore, um, training again, and then, uh, haven't missed a day in the gym since. Nice. Okay. So let's be honest, like you, that's a big fluctuation. It is. And I know you may know more about, you know, the, the whole yo-yo effect and I did it a lot throughout throughout my life, you know, all the way from high school. Um, it seems like I'll, I'll cut a bunch of weight and I can do it in multiple ways. I can do it by, you know, the standard, you know, sweet potatoes and, you know, chicken. And I, you know, I've been able to use a lot of diets. It's just more of an eating plan. And I just need to stick to it. Um, but I have probably five times, you know, jumped up from that, like two thirty back up to two eighty. you know, live somewhere in the middle at two fifty for hunting season. And then, you know, so I went up and down and I know the whole yo-yo thing isn't great. Um, but it's, it's what I've did, um, you know, to get back in shape for hunting season. And I kind of let myself go in the winter and, uh, things just got too far out of hand here recently. And that's why I made the big drastic change. Um, and then, you know, would like to incorporate it in, in kind of as a, is a lifestyle change versus you know dieting off and on oh yeah 100 percent. and that's what we would i mean that's the whole premise of our conversation tonight is we're going to dive deep into basically the keto and uh i know other people have it's not going away as fast as i wanted it to to be honest with you so <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. just i'm gonna accept it and, and go into it a little bit and in fact, what, what made me call you was, you know, my dad said that he needs to get his hip replaced. And I, you know, I was like, okay, we'll do it in the off season. Um, I got buddies that had hip replaced early forties. It's not a big deal. Uh, yeah. you're walking the same day and a few weeks later you can actually load. But, uh, my point was, is he wanted to go outpatient and they wouldn't do it because they said his blood pressure was a little high. And so then it got, I started bugging him about his numbers and my dad's super like gets nervous going to the doctors, hates doctors. He's the guy that hates going to doctors. And so he doesn't remember his numbers. I'm quizzing him on what's your total cholesterol? What's your HDL? Give me your numbers. What was your blood sugar? I mean, I'm asking him everything. He just doesn't know. So I was like, well, I know how he eats. I think I was thinking about maybe having him try this. So, um, that was kind of what got me thinking. And I was like, well, yeah. You're the only guy that I know that's had really good, consistent success. So for today's show, we want to dive in and break down the diet a little bit, but also talk about testing your blood throughout the day and, and how yep. I know you do that, and I want to get into nerd out on that. Um, but we'll back up a yep. little bit. We'll go over, so show season, what shows are you going to? I'm only doing the Portland uh, Sportsman Show and then uh, the Western Hunting Expo. So those will be the two that we're going to be at consumer shows. And um, 
you know, I love meeting all the people, shaking hands and talking hunting. But uh, after those two shows, I'm ready to be done for the year. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I've, I've had enough. So those will be the two shows uh, I'll be attending this year. And then, you know, maybe the BHA rendezvous, some other, you know, um, that aren't necessarily shows, but other functions that, that we may get out to. Yeah, for sure. And and that's great, man. That's a good place to be. Those are good shows. And, and us West Coast guys, we just don't like traveling to the East Coast. I just no. got back from ATA and I took a couple years off from that show and jason i'm just gonna take a couple more off again i just can't stand <laughs> yep. in the winter traveling east just not yep. for me not with little kids not with, no but uh anyways yep. let's get into the latest series you guys just launched angry mountain productions um yeah, yeah what's so going on with that it's going good. Um, we're I think we're episode seven or eight today um, launched. It's it's just kind of our day by day series. Um, you know, we as we the group of six we travel kind of across the west. Um, this year we hit six different states. Um, mainly, I guess it is all elk and deer on the series. We do have some bear hunts and some other hunts filmed that will just be standalone uh, videos. But um, it's kind of our six the six of us's journey through these six states. Um, you know, elk hunting and mule deer hunting. And I think, uh, I don't want to give everything away, but, um, it started out a little bit slow, just like we kind of all expect September, just almost like the rut. Now things are starting to going to finally heat up here on the episode. And, uh, we're going to have a lot more close encounters coming up. Yeah. We had, um, uh, Tyson on, um, who's in the series. I believe he said he was at least. And, uh, yep. he told me a little bit about his hunt with you in Idaho. And then, he tagged along with a buddy who drew a really, really cool tag for Washington. He got yep. he got to hunt rifle with archer, archery season with a rifle, which is unheard of. I didn't even know about that yep. tag, and I live in Washington. Yep. Um, we didn't even believe, yeah, we didn't believe it until one of our buddies said, "Hey, I got this tag. Is there any way you guys could help us out with it?" And I'm like, "Hey, they do exist." Yeah, exactly. Like I, he, that's the only tag I've ever heard of that guy getting it. And that was cool, man. Uh, I did yeah. see that first episode. And uh, it was really cool to watch. I'll, I'll watch the rest when I get some time. And off yeah, season, it's it's tough to squeeze them all in. Well, the off season's long. Uh, I'll find some downtime, and I love just watching stuff on YouTube, man. So yeah, that's so, yeah. that's cool. Um, and then you guys' Idaho hunt was pretty awesome. He told us all about that and um, how you guys packed it out in one trip with the cameraman, if I believe. Uh, yeah, and it was a tough, yep. kind of a tough hunt finding the elk. But when you did, you guys you guys did good. You didn't yeah, mess it up. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it was it was a, a good hunt. Made made the few chances uh, count. You know, me and me and Ryan Lampers, we should have we should have both been tagged out. Just that was uh, just some stuff not working for us. Um, you know, uh, Matt snuck in and and shot the, the the spike that night, and it was just an amazing rep fest. And we were just sitting there like ah, we just wanted to go, but um, it was it was a fun hunt. A lot of uh, bugle chasing. Just couldn't put it all together once we got unleashed there. And if I remember correctly, I was asking Tyson, you know, questions that I, my brain tick and I was like, okay, man. So it sounded like there was a lot of people. It sounded like you guys kind of, like you said, made the most of your opportunities, but would you go back to that same spot? And he kind of like said, uh, I don't think so. What do you think? Uh, it, it, It was, it was so polar opposites. The place was either dead or it was absolutely on fire for those two days. Um, there's something in me that wants to go back and see if it was a fluke that it was dead or if it was a fluke that it was on fire. Um, right. You know, we did, w- Ryan actually stayed in there for a couple of days after we all had to go home um, and get back. And he ran into somebody at a big wallow. We had told him we found, 
Um, and the guy said, typically it's on fire. So we've got a little bit of information um, that says that that area was more like the few days we got to experience it versus the seven or eight other days where it was just dead. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I think I want to go back, but I think there's also – um, you know, you, you've seen the country once and there's so many other places with only so many years in your life to go explore that I, uh, almost want to just go pick a different area and go give it a shot, but, um, we'll see, we'll see how it all, all plays out. How many episodes are you guys dropping on the series? I think we cut it back to 36. We have over 90 days in the field, but like tonight's episode was four days in a row in Oregon. Um, we show a couple, a couple call-ins, um, but it's just, it's tough because you don't want to bore people and you also probably can't sustain an audience for 90 days straight when, you know, nothing's really happening on, on 70 of them. You know, there's hunting going on, there's stories being told, but, um, it's tough to, it's not all about the kill, but it's tough to keep people, you know, captivated when, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of uh, arrows or, or, uh, bolts being, being let loose. Okay. And as far as the crew, we got Nick Schmidt, John, Gabriel. Tyson, myself, um, and then Charlie Smith and Kelly Smith. Okay, so both Smiths are in it. Okay, that's the squad. All right. Cool. Well, I'll look forward yeah. to watching those and geeking out. That's I love it, man. Keep up the good work. Yeah. And I yeah, think, uh, I don't know about you, but I don't have hunting channels. I haven't in years. And so YouTube no, no, but it's where it's at. Yeah. Yep, YouTube feeds feeds all of my and you know uh, nothing against the guys on TV you know but I, I almost prefer the, that style now anyways you know it's it's not as censored that people can you know create and, and uh, be a little more creative and, and do what they want to do there versus what the the channels tell them they have to do definitely well um, let's get into it man I, I um let's start with just basic hybrid diet that you're doing you're like. How does your current food intake doing kind of a caveman keto work versus strict keto? Yeah, and I want to, you know, I, I did a, a keto podcast here a, a couple weeks ago as well, or you know, focus on a little bit. I, one thing I do want to say is I'm not a like you know a medical professional. I'm I'm giving advice based on my experience, not necessarily what's medically you know good or bad. Um, you know, and then I've got some interpretations and some of the stuff I read. So I just want to kind of put that out there. You know, uh, don't take everything I say. You know, still research it, um, come to your own conclusions. But I'm going to give you information based on my experience and how I felt and and the results I've seen. Um, I think that's important to lay that out there because I, I also get into, I think, um, the keto diet, in my opinion, is built more for certain builds. Um, and, and we've talked, I think we talked, touched the, on this a little bit the, the past episode. Um, but anyways, the, this diet that worked uh, extremely well for me, um, you know, I read about it for a couple months, kind of studied it really well, and then I, I jumped into the, the straight keto. Um, was great. Um, for weight loss, uh, but I, I really struggled in the gym. A guy that you know pays fairly close attention knows about where my my performance should be. You know, in the squat rack, deadlifts, you know, bench, the big three compound movements. I know where my numbers should sit and where they have my whole life as a as a fairly big guy. And I'm like, man, in keto, I'm lifting as hard as I can, and I'm struggling just to maintain, if not go a little, you know, try to try to just stop the bleeding on going backwards. Uh, so to speak. And so I, I was running through this keto and lost a whole bunch of weight up front um, relatively fast. Um, got very, very frustrated in the gym, which led me to some keto-specific podcasts, um, doing some specific readings. And on some of these keto podcasts, um, there was a new topic that kept popping up um, called the carnivore diet. 
And I'm like, what the heck's this? Um, and, and some of the stuff they explained was specifically what I was experiencing. Um, you know, some of, some of the, the weaknesses, some of, you know, strength going down a little bit with keto, um, you know, people call it a modified keto because keto actually kind of limits your protein as well. Um, and, and a guy that was, you know, as big as me, you know, as big as I am, um, I think I was just feeling some deficit from having so little protein in the diet. So looking at this diet, I, I kind of moved those macros from 70, 25, five, um, fat protein carbs. I moved that more to a, a 60, 40, um, anywhere to a 50, 50, um, you know, 50% of my calories coming from fat, 50% coming from protein, uh, on up to 60% fat. And when I did this, it truly is as simple as eating red meat with and drinking water. Um, you know, you salt your, salt your steak, salt your meat, um, a little bit of eggs, a little bit of salmon, um, you know, deer and elk sprinkled in. But when you do that, I eat lots of grass fed butter along with it. Um, you know, and it was truly a red meat and water diet. And I did that last year for 40 days and saw my numbers in the gym skyrocket. Um, just, they, they just all kind of came back to me. I don't know if that you know, if the keto, and this is where it gets real deep, and I don't necessarily know the answers. I'll give you my opinion on what I think it was. I feel like you're still building muscle fibers during keto. You're still tearing down your muscles. You're still, you know, overloading them, and you're forcing them to tear fibers and grow. I just don't think with keto you have the glucose in your system to let those muscle fibers, you know, kind of, uh, you know, perform the way they need to. So I think you're still maybe building muscle fibers and, and, uh, you know, building your system, you're just never giving it a chance to perform. So when I did switch over to, to carnivore, um, I think, uh, you know, either through the, and, and I'm going to, I don't want to butcher the name, you know, the system where the body will create glucose from the additional protein or if, you know, what was happening, but I felt way better in the gym. My muscles felt like they were firing better. Um, or it could have been just a lack of protein, but I feel that, you know, even though I was struggling on keto, my strength gains were still happening. They just weren't, you know, I wasn't able to show them why eating that way. Um, so I ate for 40 days like that, lost a, a few more pounds, but got stronger and then switched back to keto, um, going into hunting season. Cause I knew there was no way to sustain, uh, a carnivore way of eating, um, while I was out in the woods for, you know, five to six days at a time. It's just, it's impossible to keep, you know, your meat fresh and cook it and all of those issues. So I switched back to keto, um, during hunting season felt amazing on keto. Um, the one drawback, uh, that we, that kind of translates over from the gym. I think it's the same thing well, without, a, you know, some glucose running through your system, um, on big strenuous poles or, um, you know, times when you're going up really steep and you kind of need to, you know, semi run or, you know, fire 20 to 30 steps off in a row to quickly get up a hill. It just seemed like, man, my legs felt like they were, you know, weighed a hundred pounds a piece and I just couldn't get them to, to go like they normally would. Right. Um, but all day long from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep, I never felt like I needed any more energy. I was, you know, the, the fire was fully stoked and, uh, for, for hiking speeds, um, you know, just, just the wandering around the woods, um, wandering up a mountain, I was fine. It was just kind of that fast pace. I felt like I was down, um, ate, ate more food than I, I kind of expected on that first round. Right. And, uh, 
going into Idaho with Tyson, I'm like, I'm out of food. I'm going to have to restock. Well, it's very, very tough um, to re- to restock on keto when you don't, you know, you got to order stuff from Amazon and putting together your menu is just, it's a little more difficult. Um, so I, I just went back to, to normal mountain house peak refuel, you know, candy bars, protein bars, you know, bags of Skittles, M&Ms, just the normal stuff I would eat while hunting. Um, and, and I felt, I could definitely feel the bonk, you know, up and downs. But if I, by time like day two or three rolled around, I'm like, man, if I just focus and, and put a little bit of uh, intelligence into my timing of my carbs, right? Um, I felt really, really good. Like if I would, you know, put down 100 to 125 calories, you know, a half a bag of Skittles, you know, uh, 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes for a hard, hard pull, I'm like, man, I feel awesome. Um, so it was more about timing for me. Now I would say my overall mental state and my energy levels throughout the day were just all over the board though. Right. Um, you know, for those first couple of days. But, um, so there is, I think there is some, you know, positive from, from some simple sugar intakes and getting that. Um, but there's also some positives from the keto way of eating, um, you know, as far as, uh, hunting the mountains goes. Yeah. Well, we got to go back a little bit to when you're on, you know, when you kind of switched from keto to that carnivore, you added meat back in, you felt weaker in the gym on a strict keto. I think anyone trying the keto diet, which is truly just very low carb intake at the end of the day, just to dumb it down, your body is going to basically convert fat to energy as a primary energy. And with that, that's awesome. You're burning fat for fuel, which is good. And it's good for certain people that are struggling to, you know, lose weight or maybe they have a metabolism that's working against them. But um, on that keto with a lower protein, you're missing out on, well, you're missing out on vitamin B12. You're missing out on iron. You know, there's creatine in red meats and in chicken. And creatine is a really awesome way to you know, enhanced performance as far yep. as muscle contractions go and DHA and iron and taurine and all yeah. those other things. I can't, I mean, there's a whole bunch, but the, basically your B vitamins, your iron, stuff like that. So you added the, the meat with the keto. So you're just basically up in your protein intake and you're still sustaining a low carb. Let's go through yep. your current food intake. Let's go through your meal timing and let's go through kind of how you spread it out throughout the day. If you do any intermittent fasting, just kind of give us real life, a walk us through a normal day of what you got going on activities and food intake. Yeah, so um, you you touched on intermittent fasting. Um, you know, there's a lot of research out there, I believe, and I hope I don't butcher his name. I follow him on Instagram, uh, Dr. Jason Fung. Um, he's did a lot of research on fasting, um, fat fasting. Um, salts, all this stuff, and, and a lot of the the, the guys advocating uh, the keto diet, uh, you know, Dominic Diagostino, the NASA scientist who kind of did this um, for the Navy SEALs, all of these people that I, I've looked to and read and, and put a little bit of trust into what they're saying, um, all of them somewhere in their program highly recommend intermittent fasting. Um, it's kind of that reset the body. Um, you know, there's there's positive health benefits that come from that. So I I subscribe to that, and I I'll tell people what I do, and then I'll also maybe tell people what I recommend they do because I had some struggles first getting into the intermittent fasting. Um, so right now I currently eat two meals a day. I'll eat 
uh, I'll try to hold off until I get to a, like 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, so I'm working out uh, at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm working out, you know, fairly fasted since I haven't ate my uh, my previous meal was ate somewhere around four thirty or five mm-hmm. uh, the night before, and so I'll go in work out at um, five o'clock. Um, you know, do my cardio, do do weight weight training, and then I'll try everything I can um, to hold out until eleven. Um, I will. I almost always have one cup of coffee. I don't want to overdo it on coffee. Depending on how I'm feeling energy wise, I'll either have just straight black coffee or I'll um, add some MCT oil uh, with my coffee. And now MCT oil is kind of a you know it's a it's a medium medium chain triglyceride that's derived from palm kernel oil and uh, coconut oil. And there's there's different qualities. And I didn't believe in any of it until I did a little research and then did some experimentation. Um, you know, there's there's four different kinds of of the medium chain triglycerides. There's C six, eight, ten, and twelve um, that come from the you know derived uh, coconut and palm kernel oil. Um, twelve is kind of your it. it it's kind of found it's lauric acid. I believe it's just found in coconuts, uh, oil. It's, it's not really a refined C eight and 10 are really what you're after. Um, so when you're, if you're going to go buy MC two oil, um, you know, find a good blend of C eight and 10 C six is extremely expensive and hard to extract extremely potent, but it also doesn't have some of the long-term health benefits. So that's, that's my advice on MC2 oil, but I will sometimes add that to my coffee. It doesn't even need, it's basically like a direct pass through the liver. Um, and you basically get instant energy and ketone bodies from that. When you're in ketosis, um, your body needs those ketones in order, as you, as you mentioned, that's your, now my main source of energy. So by basically, you know, throwing the MCT in, in with the coffee, I get an instant source of energy, um, relatively quickly. You can feel it, um, you know, in your body, you know, cognitively, you can feel it take, you know, kind of enter the system. Um, so depending on how I feel and all the research that I've done shows that an MCT oil does not break your fast because no enzymes, no bile, nothing is needed to, to break that down. And and so from the, the research I've did, um, I, you can get away with the MCT oil and not break your own fast. Um, my first meal is typically around 11. Um, I, I, at this time I'll put, put a, a protein shake down as part of a meal. Um, I'm wanting to get some of those extra, um, you know, extra proteins in, and then I'll maybe eat a pound uh, to a, a pound and a quarter of, um, you know, some sort of a meat, a fatty meat at that time, whether it's a, a ribeye steak, a New York steak, um, 80, 20 burger. Um, I'll, I'll put some of that down at that time. Um, and then I'll, I'll push, you can have any meals now until your final meal, but I, you know, I may have a, a little snack in between, um, but then I try to have my final meal, which is typically a very large um, portion, whether it's a pound and a half to two pounds of steak or hamburger, um, you know, maybe a couple eggs along with that, uh, some salmon, depending on what we have around, uh, deer, elk, um, cooked in, in butter. Um, and that I'll, I'll try to have my final meal at 4 or 4.30. So I'm trying to eat all my food within a, a definite six-hour window. Yeah. Um, and then and then absolutely no food after five. Um, and, and you know, back before I ever got into ketosis or knew what it was, I'm like, you're crazy. There's no way 
um, you know, I'm going to be able to make it from five until 11 the next day. But it, there's some weird stuff that happens in your body, like you know, me not being hungry anymore, which is crazy. Um, if I, now that I go to sleep without having food, you know, four or five hours ahead of time, I sleep way better um, than I used to um, just get better sleep. And the only other thing I do throughout the day, um, and, and I, I need to rewind back to when I first wake up, I will take um, four or five um, essential amino acid uh, pills. Um, it, you know, I, I use Mountain Ops here and there for my protein. You know, whether people like that or whatever other supplements you want, the one supplement I use outside of their line is Keon. Um, I, I think we talked about this last time. Ben Greenfield. Um, you know, he's the one that kind of, uh, advertised for it and they have just a, no flavor, no filler, no anything. It's just five capsules. You take them every morning, um, essential amino acids. And that just kind of makes sure that when I'm breaking my muscles down, um, working out that, you know, at least there's something to feed, you know, feed the system and, and, you know, hopefully repair, um, you know, during that fast. And so that's, that's pretty much my system. I, I don't count calories anymore. It's more of a eat until I'm, I'm, uh, you know, feel good. Uh, that 11 o'clock meal, I never really get full. I just kind of eat enough knowing that, knowing my body now that I'll, I'll eat enough to be able to get and get to the, the final meal Well, I will get full. Um, and then, and so that's basically my two meals a day. Well, does the MCT oil bother your stomach? I know a lot of people it does. Did you ever notice it, any? It did the the first and uh, don't not to get too graphic here on the on the podcast. The first time nobody ever told me, and I didn't research it. Everybody's like, "Oh, MCT oil does bulletproof coffee, blah blah blah." So here I am. I go order some MCT oil. I think the first time I went and picked it up at GNC before I realized there were different brands. And uh, here's a here's a serving, and so you dump a thing into your coffee. And uh, I think I had put some in my coffee at like eight that morning, and by like noon I was running to the bathroom. Um, it, yeah, the the build up your tolerance to it. it. It's got a weird tolerance. Everybody that I've I've talked to or kind of um, you know coached or given some information to has, has experienced the same thing. It does cause some gastro you know, gastrointestinal discomfort and issues. Um, but most everybody, if you wean into it um, after a, a week or so, they're able to take full doses and they no longer have any issues. But there are some people, and I've I've read about it, that will continue to have issues and just don't do really well on MCT oil. Do you take a multivitamin? I don't right now. Um, I, I The only two supplements I take, and I probably don't even need to take the creatine because I'm eating so much red meat right, right now. Um, I do take uh, two creatine um, capsules every morning along with those uh, EAA t- tablets just, just because I've – I've uh, seen the results from creatine and want to just make sure I have enough in my system. And I figured the worst thing that's happened is that, you know, I'm going to pee them out in the toilet and I'm not going to get the full use of them. With your food intake, there's not a lot of vegetables going down the hatch. Have you considered a greens formula? I did for a while. Um, I was using uh, a specific keto greens formula, um, keto perfect. Nice. It is the most disgusting thing ever but i'm one of those guys just headstrong like if this is going to benefit my health it you know i can i can power it down it was disgusting like i don't (laughs) there was nothing good about it but i you know i went through three tubs i don't know you know i guess you'd have to dig deep into the blood numbers to see if that was having an effect i don't notice anything different from when i was taking it back then versus now you know the, the fiber definitely moves stuff along it was a heavy fiber dose um you know that was the one thing about 
keto versus carnivore that was maybe a little bit more regular because you were able to introduce you know spinach and kale um broccoli stuff with some fiber that that seemed to um you know just kind of uh, move stuff along the one difference is i don't get any bloating regardless of how regular um you know things are so there are some issues that are going to come up with that so if you're going to try keto and carnivore there's going to be some some uh, regulation period where uh, you know it's going to take a while to, for everything to kind of balance out and uh, get moving again well you got to find a way to get some more greens in those um I think those will really help backfill or supplement your food intake. You're supplementing what you're not getting from food. I'm taking a greens formula from a brand called FNX, and it is unbelievably awesome. It tastes really good, which I was super. You know, I'm like you. I'll yeah. just, I'll just grit my teeth and just, you know, take it like a shot. But this stuff's pretty yeah. good. So, uh, good, good. I would look into that or something. Get some greens going because. You know, I promote to a lot of my athletes a diet that's 80% plant-based would be like ideal, but no one does that. So we we go with like maybe at least half your calories from plant-based foods, if you will. But, um, you know, that's the one downfall, that that plan. I just don't like the lack of vegetables and all the – they're just so Um, nutrient-dense. But I do want to go back to – your hunting season a little bit. Can you compare and contrast a little bit as far as what it took to plan and prepare your meals in the mountains? Because you said like your first trip, you were you you went through more food, but you were dialed, and then that trip in Idaho, you ran out of food, so you had to kind of go off your plan. Going into yep. 2019, are you gonna? I'm assuming you're gonna stick with how you originally did it, but just prepare more food. What are you preparing? Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll I'll give you kind of what I what I prepared for, and then kind of what my I think my plans are going to be for nineteen, and, and the reasons why. So going into Colorado, um, you know, a lot of the through hikers that do the PCT here in my backyard, um, Mexico to to Canada, we get to kind of share the trail with them at certain times, um, you know, up there, and, and we've talked to them, and hey, what do you eat? You know, what do you guys carry? Um, a lot of the same stuff you can carry on the keto because. Um, they're very weight conscientious. They want to keep their weight down. And we all know that, um, fat has its, you know, it it carries the most calories per weight. And so, um, you know, hard salamis, dry salamis, um, hard cheeses, Parmesan, um, you know, sharp cheddars, a little bit drier cheeses, uh, macadamia nuts, pecans. I found a company that does, you know, mountain house style meals, dehydrated freeze dried meals called next mile meals. Um, they were fairly keto friendly and that's kind of what they, uh, you know, kind of promote. Okay. Um, there's, there's a, a company called F bomb, um, for fat bomb. I took, uh, they have a salted chocolate macadamia nut. It's just to come in a squeeze tube. They've got about 200, 210 calories, uh, you know, for an ounce, uh, tube. I also took their version of the MCT oil. Um, so I would just, you know, I don't, I don't typically make coffee. I always have some with me, but I'm always too lazy to get up early and make it. Um, on this year, I made sure to get up and make my coffee because that way I had basically a, a way to transport the MCT oil um, and get those calories out of, you know, I think that's 250 calories for an ounce. Nice. Um, so so everything is very, very calorie dense. Um, and then I got jumped on Amazon. There's a few cookies, you know, that are made out of all butter and coconut oil, um, fat snacks, cookies, Um and then I brought, 
The only other thing I made my own concoction of almond butter. It was 50-50 almond butter and coconut oil. And some people will not be able to stomach this, and I'm not going to lie. By day five or six, I'm like, oh, gosh, another tube of straight coconut oil and almond butter. Um, it doesn't taste bad. It's just more of a texture and just, you know, having to swallow that. It was just, it was rough. Um, but, you know, one little packet of, uh, I think it was like three ounces, you know, it was almost 800 calories. Um, you know, so extremely, extremely, you know, dense on calories, but not a lot of weight. And that was basically the food I ate um, for for 11 days in, in Colorado. And I uh, felt good. Start to finish, um, you know, no, like I mentioned earlier, no real, no real flaws in the whole entire diet. Felt good. Then fast forward, going from Colorado um, to Idaho, I'm like, shoot, I need to plan for another 11 days of hard hunting. Um, went through, uh, you know, Salt Lake City and, and swung by REI, swung by Sportsman's, swung by. Um, Black Ovis, why I was there and loaded up on, <laughs> you know, loaded up on all of the normal backpacking foods, you know, the GU shop blocks, the yes. um, candy, the candy bars, the nut rolls, you know, all the candy bars and stuff that I would normally eat, the pro bars, um, and just went in more, um, you know, of my standard hunting diet, which you can get away with a lot because you're burning so many calories that it doesn't seem to add up, but yeah. The one thing I ran into was more of a you know just performance issue and trying to time my carbs. You know, it seemed like I needed to eat a lot more too, which is makes sense the way the keto diet works versus yep. carbs. I would get hungry, and so I'm like, dang, I need to stop and eat another bar versus keto. I didn't really care when we ate um, or how much I ate. So that was one thing that kind of drove me nuts. I'm like, dang, I, you know, you do a hard push, get up a mountain, and you're like, all right, let's stop and have a snack and beagle from here or or whatnot. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I and mean, I'm talking, you're talking to a guy who's not a keto guy, but, you know, that kind of performance, you know, fat is, is readily available in all of us, even a skinny guys like me. I got fat to burn and it's there and it can keep you going. But if you, once yeah. your body kind of switches energy systems and you do a quick anaerobic push and you start to deplete glycogen levels, it's almost like most people's bodies, not everybody, but will get greedy and be like, okay, I need some carbs to refuel these glycogen stores now. And you get yep. a little shaky and it's just, you don't have that necessary feeling of shakiness when you're doing that low intensity sustained hiking. Yep. I totally get what and, you're saying. And then the biggest, the biggest change um, was your water intake from keto to to you right. know, a system running on carbs. So keto, I was drinking uh, nonstop, um, and and here's where I had to use some supplementation. Um, there's tablets that like the long distance bikers and runners use called Nun um, tablets are like electrolyte tabs. I had to have that in every every drip of water I drank. I needed. I was not able to retain and hold water in. I was uh, every time I would stop and drink water. Um, there's a there's a, a a salt tablet called Salt Stick. Um, REI sells it. It's got a little bit of caffeine in each one. But I would, you know, throw two of those down the hatch every time I drink water. I was just I was struggling to retain enough water um, on keto. I felt kind of dry mouth all day. Um, switch it fast forward to Idaho. I've got carbs. I've got a little bit of complex carbs in the system and I had no problem retaining water. I wasn't near as thirsty, um, all day. So that was, that was another kind of major, it wasn't an issue in Colorado cause we had water all around us. I just needed to make sure I always had 
enough with me um, before we hiked away from the water. Those Nun tablets, um, I think I've heard of them. I, aren't those basically just electrolyte tabs? Yeah, they're fizzy electrolyte tabs. I would drop like two of them in okay. in my water bottle. Um, you know, they've got citrusy flavors or whatever. Um, but yeah, just basically like 20% sodium in each one of the tablets. Right. Now, going over some other things you said, I tried the F-bombs this year. They were pretty good. You had to really mix them up to get them, yep. uh, which I learned the hard way. So I would like take in all the oil first and then I'd have to like scrape up yeah. the actual, yeah. you know, um, so yeah, you mix the, those up good. The fat snack cookies, I've actually tried those. Those are awesome. Um, yeah. Those work well. You know, I feel like they're yeah, just – I found I, the fat kid in me was coming out again because I would always <laughs> – I was stealing like – I was stealing the head like from day 12 and 13 and throwing them in like days five and six as lunch because I liked them so much. I'm like, I'll eat two of them this day and two of them that day. But they were they were pretty good. Definitely. So we're going to get into testing your blood while you're on the keto and kind of take us yep. how that, when you started it, what you learned and kind of what you're doing now. Do you, do we want to touch on kind of what I think my future food plans are going to be before we get into the blood testing? A hundred percent. Okay. So what I learned this year and I, I tested it a little bit on the last couple of days in Colorado is when you were acti- that active, um, you know, my normal lifestyle, get up, go to the gym for an hour and a half and then sit at a desk um, or build calls or you, I kept a very, very restricted carb diet. Um, I've learned, um, you know, a lot of these guys doing keto on, you know, especially like yourself, CrossFitters, guys that, um, you know, may work out three or four hours a day, at, you know, put out a bunch of energy. They can sometimes consume up to 100 to 150 carbs in a day. And never even have to worry about getting out of ketosis, um, which is the ultimate goal. And so I'm like, well, why can't I eat more carbs? And so, um, you know, guys around me had extra coconut macaroons that might have 15 grams of carbs. Or, um, you know, they we started sharing food back and forth. Like, hey, I'll give you some of this for that. Um, so I started to really up my carb count and uh, noticed that I was still felt fine all day. But just it was kind of that better balance of performance. Um, plus still staying um, in keto. Um, so I think moving in the future, I won't necessarily, I don't want to go, you know, hog wild on carbs, but I won't necessarily be as scared moving forward to introduce more um, when we're hiking all day and doing these strenuous hunts. So that, that's going to be, I'm going to try to stick to heavy fats. You know, I love the salamis, I love the cheeses, but I won't hesitate to maybe throw in, you know, five or six coconut macaroons a day. Um, you know, some stuff like that, maybe a little more complex style carbs, um, to help, to help feel. So that, that's really the only change that I'm going to make going into next year, but I'm going to try to do it again, um, and see how I feel. I think that's cool, man. And it's, it's your body to experiment. Everyone's going to be different. I think we've touched yeah. on that. I think people are hearing that. I just want to confirm that this is not a one size fits all, but it's going to fit nope. some people for sure. Especially if you've if you've just struggled with a slow metabolism, you're a quote fat kid. You just, you know, genetics, ancestry. You feel like your DNA is working against you. I think it's worth a shot. I don't think it's going to work that well for someone who does high intensity anaerobic movements, like, like you said, CrossFit or cross training or powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, some of that yep. stuff. I just don't think it's going to bode well. But with all nutrition, it's really about quality and timing of your food based on your individual activity if i was an ultra marathon runner i would think about going on keto i know that some some have and done well and some have tried it and not liked it it's just an individual fit but 
I do. I am fascinated with any any type of food intake that where you're measuring and managing because you can't manage if you don't measure. So tell us about yeah. measuring your blood and and kind of what you're looking for that journey. Yeah. So on the on the blood measuring side, um, you know your glucose, um, blood sugar levels. I've I'm very unfortunate that I've got a wife and a and a son that both are type one diabetics. Um, you know, juvenile onset. Mm-hmm. Um, lived lived with a lot, and so I've got access to um, you know blood glucose meters. And so I, and and I've looked at a lot of the the studies that were out there, and you know a lot of them test uh, their blood ketone levels side by side. Um, with their blood sugar levels and and they compare them and they they get kind of an aggregate number you know what the two comparing the two kind of gives you an ultimate you know level of where you're at in ketosis um so i don't i've never um did the blood testing on uh, i'm going to get a keto meter just because i'm interested and you know they, they talk about the optimal levels so i've been able to test my blood sugars um when i'm in in a heavy state of ketosis and and doing it right you know 100 not not cheating or um yeah i i sit somewhere around like a blood sugar level of uh, i think my last few readings have been 70 to 75 okay that's um, not bad and, no it's it's a you know and a lot of nurses are, are doctor man that's pretty low um, you know, and, uh, you know, even my wife and, and my son start to feel it when they get that low, um, you know, people, the, the reasoning they say is that the ketone, you know, the ketone bodies and the ketone for fuel, um, you know, can fill your brain. And so you don't necessarily need that blood sugar, um, that Dominique D'Agostino who developed, uh, you know, or kind of, uh, kind of developed, I guess, the ketogenic way of eating for the, the seal divers that would have to go down and come up fast and get epileptic seizures in the process um found that hey this diet um he's did seven or eight day fast and got his blood sugar levels down to extremely scary levels where uh, you know diabetics would be in very very big trouble um you know he's been down in the 20s and 30s um and never felt any ill effects from that wow um you know and and so you know you look at studies like that um you know where where he's did that um you know and so uh, and then on the on the ketone side, um, I noticed that I can tell, uh, you know, for my breath, um, you, you, my wife can smell my breath and, and can tell I'm in ketosis. I've been just using the urine strips to tell um, that that I've got ketone bodies in my urine. Um, and then, you know, I think it fairly, uh, you know, based on what I'm eating and how strict I am, I, I think that they're fairly accurate and that I can see it go, you know, from light to trace to moderate ketones up to extreme and then back based on, on, uh, you know, how, how strict I am on the diet. Um, so we kind of compare those two, um, you know, to, to kind of see where you're at. And, uh, I try to try to lit, you know, you don't want that blood sugar to get too low, but, um, you know, it, it is going to drop because you're really not giving your body any reason to produce any insulin when you're, you have such a restricted carb diet. And then when you are restricting carbs and you're starting, you know, People that are going to maybe give this diet a shot, let's let's definitely go over the school of hard knocks. Like there's going to be a struggle bus in the beginning, and maybe your body's going to resist a little bit. Did you experience that when you first got on keto? Yeah, and so I was fairly fortunate. Um, I didn't, yeah, you know, anybody that starts to read about you know the keto diet right off the bat, you're going to see one of the biggest issues is is the keto flu. Um, you're going to experience somewhere in that first or second week as your body starts to adapt um, to the switchover. Um, 
you know, that, that is going to be caused, um, you know, lack of salt. Um, you know, one of the remedies for that is uh, Himalayan salt, um, or bone broth. Um, it's just a lack of electrolytes. Um, you're, as we mentioned earlier, without the carbs able to hold the water, um, you're kind of, your electrolytes are just getting flushed out. Um, and so you're trying to balance those and get those back through bone broth, um, Himalayan salts and stuff like that. I was pretty, pretty fortunate. Um, um, not to experience uh, that. I would say, um, unless you're just extremely mentally tough, if you're going to take this on and you're currently eating 400 grams of carbs a day in your normal diet, don't go from 400 to five, um, you know, uh, from this week to next week, you know, maybe, maybe come up with a plan to try to get to 200 and then maybe do hundred and then cut it down to 50 um, and slowly, slowly get into it versus setting yourself up for, you know, some extreme failure. And that would be my recommendation. I, of course, me being me, I dove in head first and cut carbs <laughs> out the very first day. But I was surprised by day three how um, yeah, I was never that hungry um, already. And, and so I, I was able to feel some of the effects right off the bat, which I think ultimately helped me You know, it, when I started. It was like, well, this is easy because I'm not that hungry. Yeah, I, I, I've read some studies on, on fat fasting to get started. Um, you know, and, and his advice was to eat bacon and eggs, you know, for every meal, you can use much bacon and eggs, avocados. And I think that he was given like four foods, avocados, bacon, eggs, and, and something else. And, and the thought process was, is not only can you eat as much as you want. And so people never feel like they're restricted. Um, but then the ketosis starts to kick in by day three or four. Um, and then by eating the same four foods over and over, you should kind of just the repetitive nature of eating those foods. And, and people found that, um, I don't remember the exact numbers on the study, but by the time you got to two weeks, some people were just naturally fasting because they were tired of eating the same foods and they never felt hungry. So there, there's going to be some crazy stuff that happened. You know, I, I can just tell from my experience that by day three, I was already feeling, um, you know, not near as hungry between meals and was able to st- start stretching out. Um, that and then uh, you know just yeah but the only other thing the ill effect I found uh, or had um, I got what was called a keto rash I didn't even know it was a thing um, I started to get a rash breakout on my chest um, searched it on the Google engine and realized that uh, hey there's a rash that sometimes is associated with keto and and I was one of the unlucky 15% that got it um, right and and was able to fix that fairly quick with a at first, I didn't trust the remedy or didn't even believe there was a supplement out there that did this, but um, a little bit of ox bile supplement and uh, a lipo gold, which is a, um, a digestive enzyme uh, specifically to deal with fat. I think lipase is the is the, the main mm-hmm. uh, and it breaks down fat. Yep. And so I started taking those before every meal and within uh, about a week. Matter of fact, when I showed up at the BHA rendezvous, I was finally getting over it, but um, last year... Uh, the combination of those before every meal and it cleared up within about a week for me. So that was the only little effect I've, I've really had. Um, you know, you get some, you get that roller coaster, uh, you know, it seems like I'll be good for a couple of weeks and then maybe I'll get a, a headache here or there. Um, but, uh, I just put a handful of Himalayan salt and, and wash it down and I'm usually good. The other thing I guess I would, I, I did experience and it did finally go away after four or five months was a lot of leg cramping at night. Oh, sure. Electrolytes um, are just, you know, you've pissed them all out. You know, what did yeah. you do? What did you do for that? There were, I mean, it was just the, the whole, uh, you know, trying to take more salt, but I did, I did some reading and some people just said, you just experience it regardless if you're not experiencing keto flu. And so I fought through it and it kind of 
subsided, but it was, it wasn't real fun and it wasn't real comfortable. Um, you know, for the, for that probably, I don't think I had it right away, but probably months two, three, and four, I experienced some pretty good leg cramps, um, while sleeping. Okay. So we've covered it. It's there. People need to follow their own journey. I want to talk a little bit more about your journey with the time we have left. And I do want to okay. talk about elk plans for 2019 because it's application yeah. season. But so are you a guy that's just like, how do I'm man, I don't have a filter. So I got to apologize. Have you, are you a guy that just has never seen your abs? You just kind of always been a big kid. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I always joke like the last time I was 150 pounds was in like fourth grade. You know, I've just, I've always been tall. I've always been big. I've, uh, you know, I've always been, you know, fairly strong and athletic with that, but I've never been like the super, you know, skin tight guy. And I don't know if I ever will be, um, you know, uh, I don't know if I can get there if, or, or what it takes to get there. I've kind of wrote that off, but um, I've always wanted to experiment and try even like try like a bodybuilding prep diet just to see like, is it possible to ever get to where, you know, guys like yourself or, you know, some of these other guys sit um, well, at certain times, you know, maybe it's not in your cards, but you know, with the type of diet you're doing, I'm very curious because the reason why I asked that last question was I just think in genetics, there's there's ectomorph endomorphs you you know it's a way of kind of figuring out the type of body you have and Aaron Snyder always talks about that but there is a thing to say like there is a genetic disposition and I'm just wondering with what the cards you've been given and what you were intended to do for exercise with a food plan such as this like I don't see you going out and doing like a high intensity workout and really thriving um, no but have you kind of changed what's your workout programming that's really what i want to get into is what is your programming looking like for yourself on this food intake and for your goals and what you're trying to really do outside the gym is kill elk so yeah what are you yeah. doing so so i i've always been told and i, I don't remember if it's an old gym teacher um like when you first walk into the gym do what's most important to you and so for me still when i walk into the gym um, losing weight is still probably a priority over, um, you know, building muscle for me right now. Um, so I, I walk in the gym, um, go to the cardio machines. Typically it's the never ending stairs. Um, you know, I'll do those for 20 to 30 minutes and, you know, as hard as I can, um, uh, get a good sweat going, you know, walk it off, kind of cool down a little bit. And then I'll go do probably 45 minutes to 50 minutes of, of weight training. I, back in the day when I didn't eat keto, 45 to 50 minutes is a darn good workout. Um, you know, a lot of reps, a lot of sets on keto. Um, there's a lot more time between sets. As I mentioned, you just, it doesn't fire right. It feels like an absolutely weak set. And if you try to do a set with not a whole lot of rest between them, you're just going to like fall on your face on that third rep. And, uh, it's just, you're not going to get hardly any volume in your workout. Um, and so I, I spend a little more time lifting, try to co- try to focus on, you know, the bigger compound movements and do just very little accessory work because I don't have enough time between sets um, the way it works. Uh, I've I've always been a good puller, a good squatter. You know, I, I'm never going to be a guy that benches a whole lot of weight. I can I can deadlift a lot. I can squat a lot um, and, and kind of focus there and then, you know kind of kind of do chest i don't necessarily bypass chest and buys and tries and and upper back and stuff like that i'll still give them some attention but i 
for hunting, I try to focus on you know squats, lunges, and deadlifts. Um, yes, is my is my big movement. Um, you know, but then I watch guys like you, where you guys are you know doing, and I don't even know the right words, clean and jerk, or you know the power cleans and stuff goes over your head. And I'm like, man, but that's so explosive compared to what I do. Everything I do is uh, you know slow and concentrated lifts, and and sometimes I'm like, I think the explosive side's good too, but. Um, uh, on keto, especially like I just, I concentrate on those three compound, you know, lunges, um, squats and, and deads, and then, uh, just focus on trying to get stronger there or at least maintain where I'm at. No doubt for sure. I think the explosive stuff is good. Mix it all up and throw it in there a little bit. Maybe explosive is an important thing that you could do first before your cardio or your conditioning yep. pieces. Do you wear a backpack on your conditioning pieces? I don't right now. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty fortunate that I'm, I'm either dumb enough or headstrong enough that whether I have a 50 pound pack on or whether I don't, I'm going to give it a hundred percent, you know, so I, I'm kind of at that place anyway. So if I have the pack on, I might just go a little bit slower, but my lungs and my legs are going to be burning, you know, hopefully they're not going to have the weight on them, but I'm still pushing myself to that similar point. Yeah. Uh, with or without a pack. Are you one of those guys that likes to wear a heart rate monitor? I don't. Um, I, you know, all of the the, the the machines at the gym all have Bluetooth now. Everything's all fancy, and I should wear one just to, to monitor that and, and where I'm working, but I don't currently. Okay. Uh, probably should. Uh, yeah, if you're ketoing and worrying about, like, fat burning and, you know, and, and that low intensity, longer duration – beta oxidation psych blah 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 yeah that might be something but what you're doing is awesome i love that you're not spending a lot of time isolating body parts because you definitely don't isolate body parts in the mountains and that's kind of always been my rule of thumb is i don't remember last time i did a set of bicep curls i don't worry about the size of my anything i worry about the size of my performance and everything like it took me a while to figure out my why and for a long time, it was to compete at CrossFit. But since those days are quite a ways past me now, it really comes down to I just want to be a, a healthy, high-energy dad. And I want fitness to be my ally in the mountains. And yep. when you know your why, your training follows that. So I think that's cool that you're doing the lunges, the squats, the deads. Th- those are so important, man. That's pretty cool. Your journey is awesome, and that's why I brought you back on is because I just want to check in with you and see how you're doing and just be an inspiration to people and say, hey, man, like if you've hit some dead ends, here's another, here's another avenue. Yeah. Most important and thing no. you said, not to interrupt you, was don't go from 400 grams of carbs a day to five grams of carbs. You, you're, you're dead right. Like taper it down. Find a way to do it where there's sustainability and your trajectory is – for the long term. Yep. No, and uh, I, I kind of always joke around with my buddies. I'm like, you know, and this isn't to take anything away from you or other people that are in great shape that, that still promote weight loss. But it's like I'd, rather, I'd much rather, you know, learn or be inspired from a guy like myself that have struggled with it and found, well, it's easy for the skinny guy to say eat this or eat that when they're able to do it. But when a guy like myself has struggled through this and say, well, that, that's great to say that, but I've tried that and it didn't work, and I tried this and it did work. Um, so we kind of always joke that it's it's uh, maybe better to learn how to lose weight from a you know a guy that used to be fat versus 
um, you know, a guy that's never had to struggle through some of those things, um, you know, the, the endomorphs typically do. Absolutely. Um, and, and so, uh, no, it's, it's been a journey and, and, uh, you know, I don't remember which keto podcast it was on, but, um, and it was one of the carnivore, but the guy, and it kind of stuck with me is it's your body. Not all of these have the same fire burning. Not everybody has the same metabolism. Not everybody has the same ability to burn energy or process foods the same. And, uh, this whole experience is like personal to you yes. um experiment with your and you had already touched on this earlier and experiment with your own body find out what works find out what makes you feel the best um you know cognitively um you know joints like for me the keto and the carnivore have been amazing you know i have a, a rebuilt knee one knee um you know and i just noticed like dang my joints feel awesome on this i just stuff like that um you know i wouldn't have known um, if I hadn't tried it, um, you know, and, uh, yeah, so everybody needs to kind of figure out what works for them and what they perform best on. Oh, let's end it on that. So let's talk application season. Wyoming's coming up at the time of yep. our recording. Uh, you got that one in already? Yeah, that's the one. Um, I am slated. I've got a, got a pretty good chance of burning my nine points this year. So hopefully I get to go to Wyoming, uh, fingers crossed this year. That's awesome, man. I, uh, yeah. I, I burned all my points last year in Wyoming with a buddy. We went to we were going to go to a unit that he was in the year before. So obviously he burned all his points, and I was like, "Well, uh, we'll go back. I'll give you half my points." I had like one under max. I had a, a ton of points, and so yeah. Long story short, didn't go. Got my points back, and I'm in it, and I'm going to draw. Uh, so I'm go. I think I'm going to go. I have are you, six. Six. Gotcha. So I think last year I had twelve. I think that twelve one under max. So, I think. So you guys are going. You guys are putting in partners again. No, because because uh, he went. My oh, wife. Oh, my wife tried to cut her fingers off. I had to cancel that hunt and go take care of my wife, and uh, so I went from yeah, Nevada then. straight home. But um, I'm going this year, Lord willing. Gotcha. And uh, gotcha. Good. Wyoming's good. a special place, man. They do it right. I really. Yep. Do. They do it right. It's a good state. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, Arizona's coming up. Are you doing that? I'm I'll put in, I've only got four points in Arizona. Um, more excited for my hunting partners. They've both got 17 and I think they're going to try to draw this year. Um, a pretty good tag. So, uh, yeah, we've got Arizona coming up. I will put in, who knows, you know, the randoms, you've got a 0.4% chance, but, uh, like those memes say, at least you're saying I've got a shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there, there's always a, a chance, um, you put in and, you know, expect not to draw, but you might be surprised. Do you get a loyalty um, point going into the draw this year or is that next year? Uh, next year, I think okay. uh, that fifth one. And then I've also thought about, you know, potentially flying down there and getting my education point and making a little mini vacation out of it. Yeah. I recommend not doing that. Okay. Not doing the Ed point. No, I don't want you getting that point. Uh, I did it. <laughs> I, I definitely did that, and uh, I'm not gonna lie; it's pretty awesome. I have two points every year, no matter if I draw. I start out next year with two points. So yeah, there's my cards; they're on the table. Yeah, you should probably go do that. Um, what else are you putting in for? Um, I'll put in, you know, all the other state, uh, Utah uh colorado I'll, I'll put in all of them not really expecting all, matter of fact some of them all strategically put in for you know the super blue chip units just because i know i should draw wyoming knowing my luck i won't draw anything and then uh there i there i'll be um but yeah we'll put in for montana uh, utah nevada um new mexico arizona basically we'll put in all across the west and probably not draw a tag. i've never drawn an elk tag a special elk tag i've drawn uh, one deer tag 
um, that's been a true lottery. Everything else, you know, I've doing a couple of deer tags in Colorado preference point wise, but uh, not a real lucky uh, guy in the draws. And I've been in a lot of these states for up to 10 years now. So uh, good Lord, uh, if nothing else, I've got a, hopefully a pretty good 10 years coming up. Um, where I'll be able to cash in on a lot of these points. Yeah, I think you and I are both like I'm double digit in Utah, but I'm I'm like I'm I think I'm in point creep purgatory. Uh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I've done the math. It's just too many guys in front of me, and I have over double digit points. But it just I don't know, man. I want to draw something really good in Utah, so I'm just kind of putting yeah. that on hold. Nevada, obviously, I burned all my points in hunting Nevada. It was amazing. So I hope you draw yeah. that. Um, the New Mexico, man, is just a state where I just don't feel like I haven't drawn it over ten years, and it's just the odds aren't good, man. They just not. Yeah, good. no, the they have the whole guiding outfitter program. You know, they get double the tags we do as a do-it-yourself hunter, and it's like, dang, you know, I I want a tag, but I don't necessarily want to hunt with an outfitter, and it's just a it's kind of a racket down there. But uh, the one thing I do like is everybody's in the same exact boat I am, so our odds might all suck, but they all suck together yeah. or evenly suck. So uh, you know, I guess that's one one bright light uh, coming out of uh, New Mexico. Colorado keeps changing their program. Um, are you? Do you put in for anything besides elk in Colorado? Elk and deer. Elk and deer. Um, okay. You know, not nobody should hunt deer in Colorado besides me, but it's one of those places I should try to hunt. You know, yeah, being a guy that loves mule deer just almost as much as elk, um, it's a place you you need to visit if you're a mule deer hunter occasionally. Yeah. I still haven't hunted there uh, in a while. It's been a long time since I've been in Colorado and. You know, no one puts in for Washington except for people that live there. So, yep. how many points you got? Uh, we'll have a Washington combo. What do, you, uh, what do you got for elk? I've got eleven and everything. I've never drawn a tag in my home state. Here. Oh, you might draw. Uh, you might draw this year. Yeah, maybe. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, I put in here, not really hoping for anything, and uh, maybe I'll get surprised. Last year, they invited me to be the public witness. Um, to the draw but i think really they just wanted to show me in person that i didn't draw anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks but, but no thanks yeah yeah thanks thanks a lot for inviting me to tell me that i didn't draw anything before i get to see the draws yeah so you don't put in for the east side tags i do my my uh my elk strategy is is completely east side now okay good um yeah yeah no i've I, uh, you know, hunt, hunt on West side. If I draw multi-seasonal I'll hunt West side occasionally, but, um, you know, and I've got enough points where they're worth enough to me now that I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to draw a West side tag now. No, I feel you. Well, that's kind of it, man. That's kind of what we do this time of year is geek out, go to the, are you a member of go hunt? I am. Yep. Yeah. I spend a lot of time on there. <laughs> we go to our on X, we go to our Google earth and we go to go hunt. Those are my three. And, yep. um, the wife's like, what are you doing down there? And, uh, they, they start to figure it out real quick. It's, it's application season, babe. And then you got shed hunting season and bear hunting season and Turkey. Yeah. Turkeys. If you're into that, there's all, yeah, but just, it's a big vicious circle. It is man. Well, I appreciate you geeking out with us tonight. And, yeah. uh, I'm super inspired by your story and we'll keep checking in with you, man, on your journey. And we're going to, we're going to kill the fat man. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> perfect. perfect. Put him to rest. For it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. well, yeah cool. Thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, man. I enjoy talking to you and we'll catch you on another one. All right. Take care. Awesome.